What's the most expensive sneaker that you have sold? I thought it was 20 lakh rupees till a couple of days ago, but there was a journalist in our office asking us this and a team member sort of reminded me that we've sold a pair of shoes for 24. Wow. The 24 lakh rupee shoe. Air Yeezy 2 Red October. Explain how sneakers can be a good investment. <laughs> there was a Jordan 1 Chicago lost and found that came out, I think, last year. Uh, and right after it released, it was selling for about 30, 35 grand. You could have got a pair off of Astor for 30,000 rupees. And today you could sell a used pair for 30,000. So if you bought it last year and wore it, then to now, you could potentially sell it in good condition for 30,000 rupees. So your actual cost on that is zero. Similar with the Jordan 1 Mocha, it came out two, three years ago, at that point, 30, 35,000 rupees. Today it goes for 60 grand. So today you could potentially sell a used pair for 40 grand. So you could have bought a really nice pair of shoes, worn the hell out of it for a couple of years, and sold it for 10,000 rupee profit. And I don't know a lot of consumable goods that sort of provide that. Sometimes the stock market doesn't give you that kind of returns. <laughs> Dad, what are some of the life lessons or financial principles that have led you to make important decisions. I was a chartered accountant. I set up practice. But somewhere along the way, I started teaching. In fact, right in the beginning. It started with some B-schools and discovered a love for it. So I continued letting it grow. And, and so to answer your question, I followed my heart. This is what dictated my life's choices. And looking back, no regrets at all. I think this this profession has given me almost everything that I have today. Where do you spend your money? I think this comes a lot from you. I find myself spending my money for other people a lot more than myself. I like to pay the bill when I'm out with friends every now and then. It just makes me happy. I remember there being times when I'd be out with friends and the bill comes and you have to have that awkward conversation of splitting and, and I'd look at that bill and it's like, well, I don't have that much money in my bank account with me. So it's like, okay, I can't. And I remember just thinking, oh, I wish I could just, you know, pay this without having to think about it. What about you? Where do you spend your money? Uh, I think uh, my biggest spend must be on traveling. Yeah. I used to love to collect by art. But nowadays I've reduced because it leads to fights at home. <laughs> <laughs> there are too many paintings, so not enough walls. Not enough walls. Do you remember we were in Thailand? Yeah, I remember. The monk. No, that painting. The monk painting. That, no, uh, that monk. That monk. The monk. We were driving past an art gallery late at night. We were coming back from dinner. <laughs> and I saw one painting outside one house, which was an art gallery. And I was very tempted to stop. But my wife was also there. And I know how do I answer her? What do you do with another painting? Where will you hang it? There are no walls. So we drove past it. And suddenly half a kilometer down, Vedan said, Dad, did you notice that painting? I said, oh, you saw it too. So let's take a U-turn. I saw it from his shoulder, I shot. We came back, we saw it, loved it, and now it's hanging in my office. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> I remember this very distinctly. <laughs> yeah, so Vedan, let me ask you, do you think material possessions like expensive sneakers can ever lead to happiness? True <laughs> happiness. To happiness. Uh, no, I mean, definitely not. They're not void of joy. Like there is joy in um, in material things also. Uh, but I think it's quick to fade. I think you're smartly using the right word. 
I asked you about happiness and you using joy. I think it does give you joy. True happiness may or may not. Yeah. That from what I've seen um, across the internet, all the hype is quick wealth. Everybody's advertising it, everybody's selling it. Then I've never seen you make any quick wealth decisions. Every decision I've seen you take that is around money has always been very well paced out. Uh, everybody's looking for quick wealth and what do you tell them to do to pace that out? You know, in my book on personal finance, I've given one example. Two brothers, one of them wanted to buy an expensive stereo. music system, uh, stereo system for two lakhs and he bought it. His younger brother at the same time bought a small plot of land at Lonaula for the same amount. And the story was being narrated by this brother who bought the speaker system. And he says two years down the line, the speaker was not functioning anymore. And he said, now my brother's plot of land is worth a crore of rupees. <laughs> Divide your income into two things. One is what you need for the present. And second is what you save for the future. I like a phrase, I think, which is attributed to the Gujarati or Marwadi community that don't save what is left after spending. Spend what is left after saving. But having said that, I think your all your investments should be designed for the long term. One day you will stop working. Imagine somebody who started working at 2022 and works for another, say, 40 years and lives for maybe 30 more years after that. Now, you, you are earning for 40 years and you've got to sustain yourself for 30 more years after that without earnings. I'm sure many of you know the rule of 72. The rule of 72 is you want to know how soon anything doubles. Divide 72 by that. If you're investing your money at 6%, 72 divided by 6 in 12 years, it will double. If you invested at 8%, 72 divided by 8, 9 years it will double. So imagine there's a 6% inflation every year. So 72 divided by 6. Every 12. every 12 years, your cost of living would have doubled. By the time you retire, everything has become probably 10, 12 times. So unless your saving will take care, and assuming you want to maintain your lifestyle post-retirement, the amount of saving you need to have is such that it should take care of 10 times more than what you're earning today. But then on the reverse side, the same thing applies to what is known as power of compounding. 72 divided by whatever, if you invest your money. So if you invest your money for the long term, and if people who understand the power of compounding and take decisions where start investing early in life in the 20s, save for the next 40, 45 years, by the time you retire, if you handle your money well, it will take care of you for the rest of your life. And if you don't know how to do that, there's a heavy price to be paid. Uh, this is a question for me. How did you connect with Kunal Shah, Dipendar Goyal, Nikhil Kamath and get funding from them for Main Street? Uh, all of these were really just heavy hustles. Nikhil Kamath, I DM'd on Instagram. I sent him, a, I don't know if I should be saying this. He'll probably get flooded with DMs after this, but... Uh, yeah, I literally DM'd him and that got us our lead check in our last round. The Pindar, um, I knew somebody who worked at Zomato and they were hosting a concert in Bombay, a Post Malone concert. So I really followed up with that guy to get a ticket for the concert to be around. And I went to meet the Pindar then I told him that I want to see him. And I got a meeting with him. 
Kunal Shah, I was in Bangalore for a couple of days doing an internship. You remember this? It's 2020. I went to Bangalore to do an internship because I was like, I've been, I've been running this business for a couple of years now, and um, I've never really worked for anybody. So I was like, there's definitely things I'm missing out on. A friend of mine introduced me to Kunal on a WhatsApp group, and he sent me like uh, rapid fire questions about what I'm doing, and I think my answers were satisfactory. And he was like, okay, cool, we can meet X Y Z day and time. And then I met him for coffee. And a few months later, when we were raising, I sent him a WhatsApp text saying we're raising. He was like, "I'm happy to look at it," and that was it. On WhatsApp, he was like, "Yeah, I'll invest." He's a very quick angel investor like that. A person of your age would find happiness in money because you're trying to earn, you're trying to collect, and you would, if you make money, you'd find happiness. But but someone like you, who at a young age has already achieved quite a bit. What is your definition now of happiness? How would you define happiness now? I don't think money will directly bring that happiness, but once the money comes in, you are, you have sort of the headspace to find the happiness. So the question is, you have the headspace now. Now you've gone beyond that. So how would you define happiness? A lot of the things y'all said to us growing up that I didn't understand then, I understand now. So I put a lot of time and effort into nurturing my friendships, um, and I think. That really gives me happiness, and I see that as over the next few decades, as you know, what I will see give me happiness will be the people that surround me, and sort of the things that we can do together. How do you define success in your life at this stage? Every few days, I just stop and just I'm just exhilarated at like you know I'm looking around and it's like wow, this is everything I could have asked for. You know, I'm fully just living the dream. Um, so I don't even know if like, I mean, it's. I still don't think we are successful business-wise. I think we are literally at such a nascent stage. We're just about seeing clarity of what we want to do. We've not even started that, so I don't see that as success. But when I look around, it's like, wow, we're literally like anything five years ago, like any everything I've just wished upon has just come true. You know, be it the sort of uh, friends I've made. The family life we have, uh, the sort of people who are backing us, the customers, the team. I think in my case, success parameters keep changing. Yeah, when you start off, you measure it in financial terms. Uh, you know, I I seem to be on a mission to spread financial literacy, and we have a social project called Financial Literacy for All. Uh, which is an attempt to train a billion Indians uh, free of cost. Uh, so I would soon measure my success based on what kind of impact I have had. The next question to me is how different is Vedant from you on his approach towards money? You know, our circumstances are different. When we started, we started from scratch. So had to be a little more careful, had to be a little more frugal, a little more savings oriented at the same time make sure one has a good life and has all the comforts he has seen it from beginning so his approach has to be different the risk was significantly easier to me um i was born into so much that uh, the risk was so much easier it was it really didn't feel like much also because i think the greatest privilege really i had was y'all had so much um faith and support, even when I knew you disagreed. Um, and that was, uh, that made all the difference. 
it was it was not just like financial support but there was so much emotional support even when i knew for a fact we all thought differently